welcome to Awakened Path Radio, helping to spread love and light for the highest and greatest good. I'm your host, Reverend Candace Nadine Green, spiritualist minister and healing minister. For more information, including show updates, courses, workshops, events, resources, and more, visit my website at www.awakenedpathonline.com. Again, that's www.awakenedpathonline.com. Now on to today's show. Today with us, I, we have Bridget Murphy, who is a shamanic healer and teacher. She creates a solid container for activating a person's vision and removing anything in the way of a person's power, purpose, and growth. Bridget is a seasoned mentor and guide who takes people through a process that frees them so they can be of service to the world. She offers her programs, 90-Day Path to Power and Wisdom of the Journey, both in person and online. Welcome to today's show, Bridget. It's great to have you today. Hello there, Candice. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here, and I appreciate it. Very good. So tell us a little bit about um, your journey to creating the Spirit Works Healing Arts. And what led you here? What led you there? Yes. Well, it's, <laughs> it's always interesting. I never, I did not plan to create Spirit Works Healing Arts. It, um, it sort of grew from my practice and my healing work when I realized that I was naturally spending a lot of time helping people, doing sessions with them, and guiding people. I came to know that I needed to do more in the world, and I really needed to put this practice, the shamanic work, the healing, and the helping people, I needed to really put it up front. And so I created Spirit Works Healing Arts in order to do that, in order to officially, professionally start helping people in a real solid way. Mm. Now, um, could you tell us a little bit about um, what happens at SpiritWorks Healing Arts? What do you offer? Absolutely. So I offer one-on-one -on -one healing programs with people where I guide them through a process that helps to free them from stuck places and limits. Mm -hmm. And so I utilize everything that I know in order to help people. I have shamanic healing techniques that I use, coaching techniques that I use, and energy work that all come into play when I'm helping people to really access their power. So the one-on-one -on -one programs is... Uh, a part of what I do and what what developed as a result of working with people and helping people is that I realized that to truly 
help someone yeah. is to empower them to go to, to get the information and make the connections with spirit on their own. Mm. I realized that folks need to be able to access the, what I call medicine, the medicine that's inside of them. Mm. And because of that, I started to teach. And as I started to teach uh, shamanic journey work and healing work. And then as a result of that, folks wanted to learn how to do some of the advanced work that I do. And then I created a training program to do that. And so it kind of, it has developed over time. The, the further in I go, the more I'm guided to go to the next step, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. So um, were you always interested in uh, this, for lack of a better term, um, metaphysical world, uh, the world in which you are in it now? Were you always, uh, even as a child, were you interested in it always? Yes. Yes. Um, yes. My, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was waiting for your ex explanation. Go ahead. Yes. So my, um, my interest, my natural inclination was towards the the invisible world and i realized that consciously when i was i think about nine years old mm. and i um there's always something that sort of you know triggers us to realize like oh there's a whole nother world here mm -hmm. and i remember watching a movie that um included references to uh the spirit world and i was completely fascinated by it and it would just pulled me in and I felt something true about about that and then it unfolded from there at 11 I started to have active uh, psychic experiences that I knew were different than the people around me were talking about you know and then as a teenager that continued and then I would say at about 16 I started to develop a spiritual practice. Mm. And then in my early 20s, it started to solidify. I met most of my first teachers then and just continued on the path through for the last, you know, 20 years. Now, how did that affect your, um, I know being a teen is awkward as it is, and um, you having experiences that many of your peers may not have been uh, experiencing or been having, excuse me. Um, so how did that affect your um, social life as a teen uh, young and a young adult? Well, I was, I was definitely not in the, um, the popular crowd to begin with. My people were on, on the fringe to begin with. Mm. So nobody really, really minded. Nobody really minded. Um, and I grouped together with people who, even if they weren't interested in metaphysics and spirit, they, they didn't make fun of me for it. Um, mm. I think I got made fun of more for my, <laughs> my adamant um, requests that we recycle and not litter. I, they made fun of me more for that than they did for my connection with spirit. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I was pretty lucky. And I also didn't share a ton about it yeah. as a teenager. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, I guess sharing would, would sort of put you out there as a, um, as a teen. And a lot of us, I know me, I share too much. And that, 
<laughs> and that sometimes causes me to be or have been ostracized and things like that because you know you have this feeling that wow this is so awesome i have to share it with people and you forget that not everyone's on the same page as you yes so absolutely um, you know I, it can be wise and it can be not so wise it depends upon how you feel about it so now tell us um what about, I know this is not, I, I didn't, we didn't talk about this um, when I had initially discussed with you what we were be, uh, talking about, but it is interesting uh, to find out sometimes how family members react to our gifts. Yeah. So did you, exp how was your family, if they, if you, um, did you share with your family? And if so, um, how did they respond? Sure. Yes. Well, my, my. I, my mom and my dad, my grandmother and my sister were my primary biological family growing up. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mother was, thought it was very, um, some of what I was doing was odd and she was a bit resistant, but that's her way to begin with. Yeah. My father is very easygoing. He is very aware that the physical world is not the only world that we live in. And he um, has always had... Uh, past life memories and has had vision he see he he gets intuitive hits and stuff so even though my path with with spirit is different than his he's always been open and accepting and there's never been any resistance um, at all I remember when I first started to use a drum I had a um, an African drum and also a frame drum and um, his question to me was because he's he's irish and that's his heritage he said well yeah this is all good i just don't understand why you're not playing irish drums why aren't you playing the boron <laughs> and that was i mean that was really the extent of his his concern is where where are your where's your irish drum yeah so he was good my mom was um very cautious and um she runs uh she's always kind of has a risk manager mm -hmm. that's looking at things. So she looked at it through that lens. Mm -hmm. uh, my grandmother, she just loved me no matter what. And my sister thought I was weird growing up. But mm -hmm. then uh, when we got into our late teens and early twenties, I kind of became her spiritual advisor. She would ask me wow. questions about spirit. So that's how it went. <laughs> now, was your sister older or younger? Two years younger. She's oh, younger. Uh well, that's very yes. nice. She had some older to look up to. Yeah. Very nice. So um, <clears throat> now tell us about your influences uh, as a shamanic healer and teacher in the work that you do today for others. Yes. So I met my teachers about a little less than 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been working with them since then. They're, they taught me to connect with spirit and the invisible world. They taught me how to create ceremony. They mm. taught me how to do advanced healing work. Mm. They taught me all of that. Their influences are um, from a few places. Um, most of their influences are from Mongolia mm. and um, from the Sami people who are up in Finland and Sweden and in that area. So those are some of the influences that I have uh, through them. And of course, the, the modern day 
uh, influence the modern, or how do I say, the culture, the modern culture definitely influences my practice. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm grateful for all of it. I feel like I have been given information that I can translate to people in a way they can understand, in a way that they can access. Mm-hmm. You don't need any special ability to be able to learn with me. And that's the way that, um, I think that's the way that it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I hope that answers Yes. Well, that's great that, you know, there's no prerequisites of, you know, a person having a certain ability in order to uh, work with you. Um, Because I think that there are a lot of people who are hesitant to uh, get help or, you know, even talk, uh, consider shamanism because uh, they're afraid that they have to have some, uh, again, prerequisite in order to participate, which is not true. But it's, all, it's great that you make that known, that no one has to ha- come with an ability in order to uh, take part in your services, what you offer to them. Yes. No, I, this, um, I'm really clear that spirit mm-hmm. and spiritual practices need to be accessible to people and not a big esoteric mystery. Mm-hmm. And so that's the way the work comes through me. And that's, that's what, how I'm guided to offer it. Now you also offer a number of wellness programs. That word is so overused wellness. Um, <laughs> so what are the programs, the wellness programs uh, that you offer and what does each program entail for the uh, potential client? Sure. Thank you for asking. Um, I have a 90 day path to power mm. and that is for, people who feel that they that there's something blocking them that they cannot see that's usually when shamanic work is really really helpful most of my clients come to me and they've tried yoga and meditation and they eat healthy but there's just still something they can't get past and spirit gives me access and gives any shamanic practitioner who does this work access to the bird's eye view so we can see the broader picture of what's happening and help to untangle and um, heal energy from the past or anything that's, that's influencing us in a way that holds us back. Mm-hmm. And so in the 90-Day Path to Power, I do multiple shamanic healing sessions, and they can last anywhere between two and three hours. I mean, I could do shamanic healing work all day if spirit, if, if that's what's necessary. But of course, in our modern world, I have to, you know, we have to put it, put a couple hours on it, right? So a couple of hours per session, I do multiple sessions and there's, there's work for the client to do in between those sessions. Mm-hmm. And that work helps the whole process. It's not a process where they come to me and I'm the healer and I make it all better and then everything's fine. Spirit really has a a plan and works through me in a way where information is delivered. Myself and my guides and spirit do healing work with the person and then they're required to do follow-up work Mm -hmm. and practices to keep things on track, to honor soul parts that we've returned and to 
to do their own work in the process because um, that's, that's how real change happens. And so that's a sort of a snapshot of how I work with folks. Sometimes I, people will do the 90 day path to power and they want to then do another series of um, healing work with me, or they will want to learn how to do some of the work on their own, talking to spirit. Uh, So I have uh, created a program for that as well. Nice. So, yes, that's, that's the 90-day path to power. <laughs> it's a very good, very good program. Is, now, is that the only one that you offer? Or? Well, I actually have, um, I have a group program mm. that's Wisdom of the Journey. Mm. And that is a nine-month, um, sometimes six-month mm. intensive it's for people who want to learn how to connect with spirit through the drum, through shamanic journey work, for people who want to create ceremony and really make, it, make, a, make a relationship, a reliable, dependable relationship with spirit and their guides and what we call allies in the shamanic realms. Mm-hmm. And so we meet together for an entire weekend for um, once a month for nine months or six months. And we travel through the directions. One weekend will be, uh, will have a theme of fire. One will have a theme of water, air, earth. We have an ancestor themed weekend and we also make our own tools. Uh, I'll make rattles with them. And uh, we do a variety of different activities within that directional theme. Mm. That sounds like an awesome program. It's a, it's really uh, a lot. It's fun. Mm-hmm. And people step in, they step out of that program with much more than they thought they were going to receive. Mm-hmm. The group, the energy of a group moving forward moves everyone forward. And it's really not often that we take the time to do small group work like that. You know, our culture, we, we're not set up like that. People go to a weekend at Omega, go to a weekend at Kripalu, a weekend at Row, and that's it. When you work on a regular basis with a group of people, you show up to the practice and the practice grows. It's actually impossible not to grow in one of these programs. Mm. That's fantastic. Now, I know you do a a lot of work out there, um, but I'd like to ask you personally, what do you see as your mission in this current incarnation or what has spirit told you your mission was in this current incarnation? Yes. My mission is to serve. My mission is to, to help people. And if I had to, if I had to really just sum it all up, <laughs> it would be to help people access the power inside of them so that they can heal and connect with spirit. And I think even if we sort of um, hone it down even more or maybe expand on that. I'm not sure which, which is better. I believe that one of the most important things for us to do in these times is to really get good with our connection with spirit, whatever that is. If your connection with spirit is angelic, if it is with the earth spirits or whatever it is, because that is really the only thing, the only compass that we have to guide us. And if we are sovereign in our knowing and not looking out at every other person or every other reader or all these other people 
to heal us or to help us. If, if we're sovereign in our knowing and we can access spirit, we are going to be able to move our families forward. We're going to be able to move ourselves forward and ultimately our communities and the planet. And I believe that our connection with spirit is key in moving everything forward. Mm, totally. Yeah. Now you have a question on your on uh, one page of your website that asks, open quote, what stops you from connecting with spirit, close quote. Mm -hmm. My question to you is, what have you witnessed in your own experience in working with others in relation to blockages in people when connecting with spirit, when attempting to connect with spirit? Yes, I think that there are three main things that stop us from connecting with spirit. Mm. The first thing is, is our self-doubt. Yeah. Not trusting, not feeling like we're good enough, not really believing that we're receiving information. That's one. And these aren't in any particular order. There's just three of them. That's, that's, that's a one thing. Mm -hmm. Another thing is, is that we don't have a roadmap that shows us how to get there. So true. <laughs> we don't have a roadmap. If we had a roadmap, if we had, okay, do this for three days, do this for 10 days, show up for this, we would make progress because we'd have a map to follow. And the third thing is community. Mm. We don't have community to help us follow the roadmap, keep us on track, call us on our crap, encourage us, and alleviate those self-doubts. A community will do that for you. And so those are the three things that I think are the major things that stop yeah. us from connecting with spirit. And it's, it's in, in those, uh, you know, I struggled with the, with uh, the first one for a while in my early years uh, in regards to believing that I was receiving messages and trusting and all of that stuff. And also the community was a very hard hard as well. First of all, not all of us live in areas that where we can physically go to a supportive community. Yeah. So um, we are have to go online, find things like that, you know, virtual uh, communities. So I mean, there, it, it is possible to get connected to a community. It just may not be physical, it may end up being virtual. It depends on where we live in a lot of circumstances. Um, yes. Even though our spiritual journey is a, is, a, is a journey that each one of us takes a different path, uh, each one of us has a different path, um, it still does not have to be taken alone. That support is so very important to keeping us going, keeping us focused on the right path, things of that nature. And um, that's very good that you mentioned those three. I mean, those definitely hit home for me. Yeah, that's what I've noticed from the, you know, the last couple decades mm. doing this work and paying attention to my people. Mm. Yeah. And there's also the naysayers out there who don't help at all either. So um, who say you're making it up, it's all in your mind, you're hearing voices in your head, things like that. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> the modern culture does not always work with us. No, not, no, <laughs> not all the time. <laughs> Now, um, what are some simple ways that you could tell us about, um, you know, to, in order to help con us connect with spirit that the average person can do at home and they may not be able to get out or anything and they might want to try connecting at home? 
Absolutely. I could talk about this for a very long time. <laughs> There's so much more for us to do than we're even aware of. Mm. So um, one of the things that we can do is to make, to prioritize mm. five minutes a day mm. to sit quietly. Now, that can be a challenge for people. It usually is. Usually the monkey mind, the crazy thoughts, the I need to be productive. How can I stop? I don't know what to do if I'm quiet. All of that comes up. But that will subside or quiet down. Five minutes a day, three minutes to start sitting and breathing, sitting and listening to quiet music, something that takes us out of our everyday hubbub busyness. We can even move around and sway or dance. It doesn't, you don't have to sit quietly. You know, that's hard for people, but three to five minutes per day. That shows um, a commitment to yourself, mm -hmm. which is also a commitment to spirit. Mm -hmm. So that would be one of the things that I would say that I do suggest that people do is to carve out five minutes a day just for them and for some quiet, no distractions, no phones, no screens. Mm -hmm. The next thing that I would suggest would be to actually look at spirit as your companion mm. versus something or someone that is out there and it's ambiguous. You're not really sure if it's listening. You're not really sure, you know, but you know, when you need help, you're like, oh my God, help me. <laughs> that is not, that's not the way that I look at spirit, Candace, is the way that I look at having a connection in the human world. If you want to have a friend, you have to actually call them on a regular basis. And you can't always complain and you can't always ask for help. Right. You have to say, how are you today? Or, hey, I really, I really appreciate you. Yeah. Having a regular dialogue with spirit in whatever way that looks like for you, whatever you call spirit, doesn't matter. Having a regular dialogue opens the doorway for communication. And that can be done in the car. You can talk to spirit and say, hey, I've got this going on. Can I tell you about that? Or, hey, what do you think about this in the car, in the shower, before you get out of bed? During those three to five minutes that you're, you know, taking for yourself, that would be the second thing that I would suggest that, that people do. That's very good. And also, uh, I like that um, you say we shouldn't just call on spirit when we need help, but see spirit as our friend yes i mean that's i mean what i mean just to put it on a personal level how would we feel if we had a friend who only called us when they had a problem right <laughs> and um and you know cry to us and tell us their problems and then you don't hear from them for, until they have a problem again and you want to talk to them to just be like hey how you doing let's go for lunch mm -hmm. and you, they don't call you or you can't get in touch with them. So, I mean, I see the point yeah. of, of spirit also being seen as our friend, not some big sauce out there that's just there to help us with our every problem. Exactly. And that's one of the things that I really appreciate about shamanic practice. Yeah. Shamanic practice is, is the oldest practice on the planet. Yeah. And it's one of those 
things that we're, well, one of the things is that you're in a relationship. That's the key word with the invisible world, whether it's the trees or the water or your personal guides and spirits and helpers, you're in a relationship with them. And when you're in a relationship, you actually can go and ask a question and receive an answer. Yes. And that's a difference between a lot of other practices that kind of leave people not knowing, you know, what to do or how to get an answer. This practice and the way that I, and the way that I was taught and the way that I teach it is very practical and down to earth. And you receive answers that you learn how to decipher. Mm. And there, there, right there, you have a relationship with spirit. That's right. And, and that um, sitting quietly uh, for a few minutes a day also helps us develop relationship yeah. with ourselves, with the invisible world. Uh, but it, you have to do it. <laughs> You have to do it. <laughs> That's exactly it. And that is, you know, our own, our own self mm -hmm. and our busy lives and our beliefs of what we should prioritize mm -hmm. can often really get in the way of that. Right. You know, I found um, when I would do my quiet moments, the best times for me were early in the morning when I got up and at night before I went to bed. And I did that for a while so that it became part this is when I was first studying meditating um, when with children. <laughs> Being a mom, so I had to carve out some time. I said, I have these babies. When am I going to carve out time? And it worked. And now years later, I'm still, I still do it every day. You know, I, do yes. my, I find two moments a day where I have my quiet time. And I still manage to do it. And it becomes a habit. And, and um, you find, and you, nurture this relationship with yourself your higher self then this uh with spirit with in the invisible world and um it's a good feeling you don't feel that you're alone exactly exactly and it's a foundation mm. it's not something you just do every once in a while right. you do it all the time and then you can build on it right. eventually when the kids are older and don't need as much attention you can mm. spend more time you know than a couple minutes but you have that foundation that's right yeah. and it's and it's it's so so very important just think when you're trying to nurture a relationship you have to put some work into it mm -hmm. if you want it to be good <laughs> you can have a relationship that's not good, but <laughs> I don't think we want that. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, I know you do so many great things out there, and we'd like to share um, that with our, listening, with our listening community. So do you have any upcoming events, workshops, publications, etc., that you want to share with us today? Absolutely. Yes, there's, um, I think probably the easiest thing for folks to step into or to engage with would be my um, 10 day open to spirit challenge. Mm. It's starting on April 9th. And it's a free offering to get us more connected. Mm. And to see, so in the 10 day challenge, I send out a daily practice that takes three to five minutes mm -hmm. and folks do their practice and they learn and they grow from it. Mm -hmm. And then we come together in a Facebook group to talk about what's happening. And then we learn and grow from one another. Mm -hmm. And so it's an awesome experience. And um, I, I, I welcome anyone who's interested in connecting with spirit 
to jump on in. They can find it on my website. It's on the front page, spiritworkshealingarts.com. It's always a good time. I love, love, love interacting with everyone and seeing everyone grow right before my eyes. Mm. Yeah. That's fantastic. And you mentioned your website. Yeah. So, um, how, uh, is that the only way? Let me, let me rephrase that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so how can listeners contact you uh, for more information or to get into the programs you offer? I mean, is the easiest way your website? The website is the easiest way. There's contact forms all over. People can just say, hey, I want to know more about your Wisdom of the Journey program. Uh, the, or I want to know more about doing healing work with you. They can, they can find me through the website. I have a, I have a Facebook page that mm -hmm. I post on frequently, Spirit Works Healing Arts, same name. Okay. And um, uh, it, it's, I can receive messages through there on mm -hmm. Facebook too. People can like and follow that page to also receive information. That's fantastic. And that website, again, for your uh, website for with the, that has all your programs, et cetera, on it? Okay. Yes, it's spiritworkshealingarts.com. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Bridget. It was an honor and a pleasure to have you on our show today. Oh, thank you, Candice. It's been wonderful. I've, I've, I've enjoyed it. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you very much, and we'll chat soon. Okay. Take okay. care. You too. Bye-bye. Well, everyone, that is all the time we have for today. As always, you can visit my website at www awakenedpathonline.com. Again, that's www.awakenedpathonline.com. You can visit that website for show updates, for courses, workshops, events, resources, and more. I'm Reverend Candace Nadine Breen, and thank you for listening to Awakened Path Radio. Namaste and blessed be.